Welcome to another awesome message from Good News Company. We hope you enjoy it and that you are touched by the love of God. If you want more information, head to goodnewscompany.com. Morning. I've been making a lot of noise this morning, but this is the first time I've actually vocalised. So, uh, we want to continue on the theme of uh, the Holy Ghost. Don't often call him that, do we? But he is a spirit being. God is a spirit being. He's not. He's not made of flesh and blood. Uh, except Jesus came in the form of man, form of like our form, so that he could take our punishment, so that he could connect us back to God. So we are a. Uh, we're kind of like those cars that they've got now, where they're part electrical. And part mechanical and it's the same as us there's, there's an electrical part of you and there's a mechanical part of you or there's a natural part of you and a spiritual part of you and uh, one is better than the other the electrical part is way better than the than the the other fossil fuel part of you uh, because it's cleaner it's better it's more efficient it's in every way it's better and it's a little bit like the Bible describes this in our lives too it says it's to your Jesus said to his disciples, it's to your advantage that I go away. And there's an advantage to living a spirit life. And you know that's what we've been uh, highlighting uh, because that is who we are. We are uh, both natural and spiritual, but the advantage comes when you allow the spirit part of you to lead. When you allow the mechanical, the natural, the, the physical, our part of your life to lead, um, there's no advantage. You're just like every other human being. And many Christians, unfortunately, uh, have not discovered, uh, have not allowed themselves to cut loose from the natural, from the cognitive, from the I see it now with my eyes. They, that, that's the realm that they live in and, and they really have no advantage. Their, their lives, you know, the same divorce rate, the same everything rate, the same drug addiction rate, the same everything because they're, they're not using, they're, they're still trying to flesh out their life. And even in some churches they preach, the, you know, like almost like you could imagine, like the fruits of the Spirit, that there's some kind of natural, you need the patience you know, you need to be more patient. So they preach messages on being more patient when the fact is impossible. It's in the same categories. If I went, I wanted to be like Jesus, so I'll go live in Jerusalem. I want to be like Jesus, so I'll get 12 friends and call them my disciples. Man, that doesn't make you like Jesus, nor does it trying to be more, have more peace in your life make you like Jesus. That's what Buddhism is all about. And sometimes we reduce this incredible advantage that we have simply by trying to bring it into our mechanical part of our lives, into the cognitive part of our lives, into the natural part of our lives, forgetting that the advantage we have is a Holy Ghost one. So we must be Holy Spirit people. Otherwise, we're just like everyone else, but we're going to heaven. That's the difference. I don't want to be like everyone else and just go to heaven. I, I, I want to be different. I want to be like Jesus, not because I'm doing my darndest and my best, but because I found the secret. That's the Holy Ghost. So are you living a spirit-filled life? And, uh, you know, Kieran preached an awesome message about the advantages of, you know, the empowerment of the Spirit, the enjoyment of the Spirit. You know, and Julie preached an awesome message last week about 
uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit and all that means in our lives. But I want to go back to something here this morning that I, I pray. I'm going to put your hand there and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Hallelujah. Let me hear what you're saying to the church. Hallelujah. Father, I just pray you, you do something good in our lives this morning. I really pray that you would, Lord, that, that we would see the opportunity that lies before us. Amen. We're going to read the uh, scripture that we all have heard many times before. And it's the golden scripture, if you like, of the New Testament. And it says here, Jesus speaking, he said uh, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He says, he replied, uh, the Father alone knows, sorry, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. They are not for you to know. Okay, the disciples were asking Jesus about the details of when the kingdom would come, of when Jesus would set up his kingdom and when he would return. Because they grasped by now that Jesus was leaving. But now they wanted to know the next thing. Who wants to know the next thing? It's, it's, it's an insatiable desire. I've got to know what's coming up. That's why, you know, we binge. There's this new phenomenon of, of, of series binging. When you, you can't wait for next week to watch it, you, you can just buy the whole darn series. Because yeah. the disciples were just like this. They just, Jesus, when are you coming back? We want to know. And Jesus says, forget all that. Don't worry about the times and the seasons that God has set. But you will receive power. This is, this is the antidote to your insatiable desire to be in control of your life, the insatiable desire that you've got to know what's coming up next. You've got to know whether Hillary Clinton or... Um, what's his name? Ah, oh, Trump, yeah. Whether he's going to win. Let me say this. Can I, let, me just, let me speak into this issue here. I pray that you know, not, I, I'm not speaking broad, sweeping things here, but Jesus, Jesus firstly warned us, he said, beware of the, the leaven that's hidden within uh, politics and religion. Beware of Herod and the Pharisees, that's what he said to his disciples. Because the power to change the world doesn't come through politics and it doesn't come through religion. Muslims think that by childbirth and by uh, by, by politics and making laws that they're going to win the world. And, and I hope that the church in America finally understands that it's not through politics that they're going to change America. Some of them still are. That's why they're confused about who should they should vote for. But I pray that they would see that the hope of America doesn't rest on their politicians. It rests on a church that believes what Jesus is saying way back here 2,000 years ago, that forget all that, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's what I like about Australia is that we just, you know, there is an advantage to the tall poppy syndrome in a way, in a way. In, in, in that, we're kind of like, it's kind of like we're not worried about who's who in the zoo. We're not worried. We just, it allows us to be more grassroots level. Now, there's obviously great disadvantages to it as well. But, but friends, that, that, that the kingdom of God, is here. 
And I pray that it don't, who, who gives a rip? Who gets in? They're both, they're, they're both liars. They're both lost. They're both greedy. So what do you expect? It just doesn't matter who gets in, friends. World War III isn't going to happen. And if it does, it'll only be to usher in the, this scripture we're talking about here. Because what God's plan for the world is a, is a deluge, is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. What we saw in the book of Acts here is only small compared to what's coming. Because that's what God's up to in the world. He's, out, he's pouring out the Holy Spirit. He's not pouring out religion. He's not pouring out Christianity. He's pouring out the Holy Spirit. And so uh, that's really good news. And this is what it says here. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And this is what will happen. You will be my witnesses. Telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, this is an awesome piece of scripture. And friends, it's been fulfilled. It's not being fulfilled, it's been fulfilled. And it's being fulfilled. I want to show you something here. So this is this is what we were talking about this morning. The power of the Holy Spirit stirring in, in our lives. And I pray, you know, the only way to save the world is people get filled with the Holy Spirit. There's something that happens in your life when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. The world uh, is changing rapidly. Uh, and God is up to something. See, God's... Who, who, you know, I won't ask for questions. This is not question time. But God has big plans. Uh, Isaiah writes that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So it's impossible for us to understand or, or grasp the plans of God. It's just too big. The, and, and God's plan, if you just want to like to take a big sweep across the Bible, is salvation. That's God's plan. And how he's bringing that to pass is just beyond our understanding. But here is how we can participate in it. Now, if you participate in this way, you, you won't be left gobsmacked. You won't be left praying every day, God, what's your will? Because God's will comes bit by bit as you are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not a matter of trying to figure the whole big plan out what God's doing. It's just doing, staying filled with the Holy Spirit and doing what he puts in your heart to do. Uh, and that unpacks something powerful. But you just got to take a lot of courage. This morning it's going to take a lot of courage. But guess what? That comes in the same package as being filled with the Holy Spirit. Revelation comes. Uh, Dreams come, visions come, courage comes, understanding comes. All kinds of things come with this package of being filled with the Holy Spirit for the purpose of changing the world. Um, this morning, I want to uh, just to turn to another scripture here. I'm going to leap out of the book of Acts and into the book of Romans and uh, because I want to go to the end of the story here. In the book of Romans, chapter 10. And Paul here is talking about something. But he's actually talking about the Jews here, but, but also the Gentiles. 
And I'm going to read from verse 14. We can put it up there. And I'm going to use this as our scripture this morning. But I, I just pray that the opportunities that are before us would grip your heart this morning. The opportunities that are before us would change your life. It says here, but how can they call on him? This is the Jews and the Gentiles. How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. And we're going to approach this now. now Paul is, is a mastermind of, he, he presents some challenges here that have, uh, that are the challenges of your life and my life. Right there are the challenges of world evangelism, of being a, a witness, of empowered by the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to read a little bit further here. It goes, But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, A Lord who has believed our message. So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. But I ask, have the people of Israel actually heard the message? Yes, they have. The message has gone throughout the earth. The words to the world. Paul had navigated the whole entire world as it was back then. And uh, the message had gone out to the world. Because see, Jesus, in, in a, a conversation with his disciples, they'd asked him, Jesus, when would the end of the world come? They said, when will the things happen that you talked about? You know, to the Pharisees, he told the Pharisees that this incredible judgment would come upon them and they would see the, the hand of God move upon them if they resisted this thing. Because you can't stand against God. Nothing can stand. Islam can't stand against God. Buddhism can't stand against God. Communism can't stand against God. Uh, uh, materialism, capitalism can't stand against God. And let me tell you, capitalism is as deadly as communism. It's just in the other thing. And you know what? The Western church, friends, we have been hoodwinked by capitalism. I'll read you a stat in a minute. And I pray that you let go of some things this morning and be filled with the Holy Spirit and fulfill the plans of God for your life. But you see, none of these things can stand against God's plans. God ultimately wins. But we see here that uh, um, the disciples heard Jesus say the end of the world would come when the gospel was preached to the ends of the earth. And here Paul's saying, hey, the whole, they've heard, the whole world's heard. And in essence, the end of the world did come for these people in AD 7. And we know that there was this in, uh, that, that Jesus, if you like, squished the final enemy he, he broke free the things that held this bride of Christ back. In fact, the book of Revelation is all about a bride and a prostitute. The prostitute, look, let's just, know, let's just say it so simply. It's just, it's just Judaism. The prostitute was drunk on the blood of the saints. There's no one else like that in history except Judaism. What God did, he once and for all got rid of this old thing so the new thing could be birthed in a way that would be world-changing. And so we see here that God also got rid of the final empire in that as well. 
and, and I look, I'm, just, I'm, I'm not trying to get into end time things here, but I, I, I want to clear our heads here so we can think clearly about what God's plans are, not run and hide thinking that the end of the world is about to happen. Because Daniel had a vision of the final kingdom on earth. And it was, came out of the skies, a huge boulder crashed onto the earth and destroyed every other kingdom. Friends, the final kingdom that this thing, that this rock destroyed was a Roman Empire. So I want to tell you something. There, it says, and this kingdom then began to grow and grow and grow and nothing could stop it. Friends, we, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God on earth is growing phenomenally. In one of the countries that is, that is in, in a communist country, not too far from us, called China, 10,000 people. And there's probably way, way, way more because they can't even know the stats. But what they can know from the above grand church, 10,000 people in China give their life to Jesus every day in a, in, a, in a place where it's actually illegal. If China says, if China continues to grow in the rate that is growing, uh, in, in, in 2050, all China will be saved. So don't tell me about all the silly stuff about you know, who, what this kingdom and who, what China's doing and America's doing and Islamic people are doing. Friends, we are the kingdom that has taken over the world. And so uh, this morning, this is what Jesus is saying. Stop worrying about what's happening out there and know this, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to take this message to your world, to the world out there, and way beyond where you've never even imagined yet. And so I'm going to, we're going to look at the scripture in just a minute, but before you do, before we do, you know, back in the day when Paul, in fact, even beyond him, at 100 AD, there were 360 unbelievers for every one believer. So one Christian had to reach 360 non-believers. Do you know how much it is today? Now the world is dramatically, there's like 7.23 billion people on the planet today. Do you know what the stat now, the ratio is now? Every believer needs to win 7.2 people to Jesus. So, you know, which kingdom is winning, friends? You know, uh, Christians make up 33% of the world. Now, I know that's a big bag of all different types of Christians. See, even the countries that are closed right now, like Saudi Arabia, there, are, there is a church, underground church, growing in Saudi Arabia. You know, who's, you, know, you know how they find out about Jesus? Through TV. There's an underground church happening and, 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 and how they get uh, led to the Lord and how they get pastors is, is, is through uh, uh, TV. In fact, one of those stations in Saudi Arabia is a children's, 24-hour children's station about Christianity. And, and you better believe that we are going to put encounter in the hands of the Saudi Arabians. But what I want to say is that we are not divorced from, the, from what's happening around the world. 
because we're not Australians. We're, we belong to the King. We belong to the Creator. And we have to put away our white skin, our dark skin, our yellow skin, whatever skin you have, and realize that you're a world believer. You know, uh, let me show you this before we talk about that. You know, uh, uh, how can I say this? Christians make up 33% of the world, okay? They also receive 53% of the world's money is in that Christian's hands. But they also spend 98% of that money on themselves. I've come to condemn you, but I've come to say we have an opportunity. That's why I say capitalism is used by the devil just as much as communism. In fact, communism is weaker than capitalism. Capitalism has made the church in the West hit the skids and care more about themselves than this incredible opportunity of being a part of God's plans on the earth in this time on the planet. 98% of that money is spent on ourselves. And so I, I want to challenge you to this morning to trade in your little life. <laughs> when I say trade in your little life, I, I mean this, trade in all the things that you're worried about that are insignificant. Because your life is actually in the hands of a very big, big God with some very, very big, big, big plans. And he wants to download to you the part that you are to play. But I believe the only way that you can do that is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I pray this morning that, that God would, that you, that you would take off the shackles, take off the excuses, take off the fear, take off the, 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 the ideas that God can't use you, take off the, the feelings of, of smallness and insecurity, take all those things off and realize that you can play a part. You know, every time I, I say to myself, you know what, Look, I'm no different to you. You know, Holy Spirit said to me two years ago, um, begin to say, I'm going to, and it's the Holy Spirit speaking to me, he said, start to say about your film that you're going to reach a million children for Christ. You're going to disciple a million children. And you know, I, I, I felt uncomfortable saying that. Wake up to yourself. <laughs> Don't you know who you are? You know, what, what, what Mordecai said to uh, uh, Esther, I'm saying to you this morning, the scripture saying to the Holy Spirit saying to you, um, you've been born into the kingdom for such a time as this. If you're just going to think that you're in the palace and you have all these gifts and these talents and these finances and the resources and this healthy body and all this thing just to spend on you, Mordecai gave it to the young woman and said, you're in the kingdom for such a time as this. And if you don't do something, God's going to raise up someone else. And all I want to say is that, is that you, we have an awesome opportunity to, to respond to the heart of God, to our planet, to our world. And I began to say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to 
see a million children won from this. A million children. And you know what? This is the phenomenal thing when I began to say that. Money began to come. Because it's all linked. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you start to hear the voice of, the, the voice of your Father in heaven beginning to move you forward in the things and the plans that he has for the planet. And God will do what he wants to do with your life. And so that's what I pray would happen this morning. The other thing that I want to challenge, because I'm, I, we, <laughs> are a part of it, we're, also, we're part of the ACC, but we're also part of a group called World Outreach International. Did you know that? Awesome. Well done, Good News Company people. Being a part of such a mega awesome group of people. Uh, but their whole goal is to reach unreached people groups because 90% of missionaries sent out today, particularly from America, this is more of an American stat, but 90% of American missionaries uh, go to already reached people groups. And a World Outreach International is committed to go to the unreached people groups. And so there are, there are, uh, and I'm not going to go bore you with lots and lots of stats, but just, but just know this, there, there are millions and millions yet to be reached that haven't even heard the name of Jesus. And so I just want to stir your heart this morning. Who knows what God might say to you? Don't, don't disdain what God might say to you. It just might be the smallest, tiniest little thing. But don't, don't diss it. Don't dismiss it. Don't doubt it. But start to believe that God wants to use you to change the world because he can and he will. If you don't believe that, well, it can't and he won't. But if you just have a flicker of hope, I'm going to be used by God to change the world. Hallelujah. Friends, there's only two million of us here in Australia. So if, you, if, if we're not missions-minded, we're just going to die out. You see, some of the most of the unreached people groups in the world are in countries that are blocked to Christianity, like Saudi Arabia. But but that doesn't stop the gospel because in here in Australia, we are innovative people. Let me tell you something about Australians. I said this say so that there is a boldness. There's a there's a, there's, there's a kind of like a, a raw guts about Australians. When I travelled, I, I I found people who were more gifted than me and 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 whatnot, but but they lacked this Aussie. Uh, Hang you, man, I'll do what I like. And it's kind of like in submitted to Jesus becomes a very powerful tool. And we have a part to play in the world, one, because we have resources, and two, because we have a pioneering spirit in Australia. You know, I don't want to hear about all the stuff about our convict past and whatnot. I'm taking the best part of that, which is we have a pioneering spirit. And let's add New Zealand into that as well. There's a pioneering spirit that comes AR, that the world needs. And you know what? It's even demonstrated through the fact that, you know, uh, even uh, in... Uh, in uh, it takes too long to tell that story, so I won't bother. Uh, but let me say this, that there's something about an Australian too that doesn't need to be recognised. We don't have a lot of pomp and ceremony. It's just kind of like, ah, forget it, man. But that plays into the hands of, of, of world evangelism like you've never, ever understood before because, because we're not to do our job. Let me, let me give you simply with the film that we've created. 
God never called me. When I was standing in Africa and I was in this village and it was night time and I was watching this most boring, horrible puppet show and thousands of kids just watching it and, I, and the Holy Spirit said to me, I want you to create tools. I want you to create something that that person can use. See, he's not asking for me, the white man, to go and change the world, but, but to play my part. And that's what I'm saying here this morning. I'm not saying that you should pack all your bags and go, but I'm saying you should, you should start to be as creative as the Holy Spirit wants to be creative, as inventive as the Holy Spirit wants to be inventive, as pioneering as the Holy Spirit wants you to be pioneering, as, as clever, as cunning as the Holy Spirit wants to be clever and cunning, because these are the things that will change the world. God's people believing that God can use them, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, all kinds of ideas come, all kinds of sometimes crazy ideas. But you know what? It's in that that God begins to use us. But it doesn't come from just being clever. It comes from being filled with the Holy Spirit, a spirit idea for, for your life and for the life of others. And so a so I, I want to encourage us this morning, but let's finish up with this here. And I want to go in reverse to this scripture that Paul says here because uh, it really is a wonderful little piece of scripture that, that, that says something about the harvest of God that he has called us to. So let's go uh, in reverse. He's come down from uh, the top. We're going to go from the bottom back up to the top. What I mean by that, let's start with good news. We have good news. We are good news. You know what good news is? It's the message about God's love. It's not bad news. It's not religious news. It's good news. And good news is, is the love of God. Now, understand this. Without love, we can't pull this off. If you just got to get something off the chest, there's plenty of angry evangelists. And I could, I was used to be one of those, you know. I knew how to make people feel bad, and I did it heaps of youth camps. And hey, it kind of worked. I could pull every cent out of people's pocket. I could, I could make them. I, it's just you, you, you can make people feel bad. And for these young people, that was that was probably a good thing rather than a bad thing. But at the end of the day, it doesn't give the energy that's needed and required. Keep changing the world all the way to the end when Jesus takes you home. Because it's a response of love. People don't really care what you've got to say until they know how much you really care about them. It's about it's a people thing. It's not a program thing. It's not a uh, message thing. It's none of those things. It's, it's a love thing. God is love. And when God communicates, he communicates in love. And so if you're not communicating in love, if you just just got to get your creativity off your chest, you just gotta get your message off your chest, if you just gotta be a preacher, if you just gotta if you just gotta run your program, if you just gotta finish your project, those things aren't what God comes upon. God comes upon people who carry his heart, his love. And so that's why that's when it changes from just news or bad news or hardcore news or whatever news to good news. And that's why Paul calls it uh, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. And if you want to make it a little bit like, you know, how is this? How, how does it look? It looks like this. People are happy for you to be there. You've got beautiful feet, not ugly feet, not, not feet that people think, you know, when, some, when, when you realize certain people have come and knock on the door, it's like, Ugh. 
I've never thought that about anyone here, but I have thought that about people when they're knocking on the door or when they when you see them on their phone. You don't want those people around. You don't want to talk to those people. How sad when the church becomes those people to the world. That's what Jesus said. We lose our savour. Our saltiness is gone, and we need to stay salty. We need to stay light. When we walk into the room, do we brighten the place up, or do we darken the place down? Are we critical and negative and, and horrible? The world has got plenty of those kind of people, but the kind of people the world doesn't have are people with beautiful feet. Are you? Is our church a church with a big, beautiful footprint? Everywhere we go, we leave something beautiful behind. Everywhere you go, do you leave something beautiful behind? And this is what the, the, the writer of it, what Isaiah was, was talking about when he wrote this, and Paul re-spoke re it here in the book of Romans, that this is how important it is that people bring good news are uh, a beautiful, feeded people. They're, they're, they're wanted to be around. And friends, that's, what we, that, that, that's as simple as it is. Think of something beautiful you can do to bring the love of God. You know, I'm not absolutely 100% not against street evangelism. I think that it's an absolute, it's not either or. But what we do need to take, we need to take it out of the event and put it into your life. It becomes part of your journey. Part of your journey. Not something that you whip out there and. Now, I know that's a. Horrible way, but most people do it that way. I know there's some people that do it very naturally and very well, and they have a gift of doing that. And so I'm saying, keep doing it. But what I'm saying for all of us, it should be our journey. Where you just see, look, friends, you know, all around this person, now that I've, I've finished my film, and I'm not saying yay me, but I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to say is like, um, look, I, I use the same mechanic. These Malaysian men up here are the guys I take my car to also. Why? Because they, I'm trying, I, I just want my life to be a witness to them. And they come down here, I purposely leave my car up there and say, bring it down, so I want them to come into our building. And they do come to them and they see Benny's crew dancing and they see all kinds of things happening and and that, that and I've built a friendship with them. And I've, I've told the main mechanic there about, about Jesus. You know, uh, um, there's another Chinese man who runs a Sunshine Imports there. He's watched, we sat down and watched the episode because I keep going back there ordering all these crazy stuff. And he says, what are you doing? I said, I'll show you. And he's smiling. He watched the whole episode, the whole Christmas episode. You know, the bank over here, BOQ Bank, uh, the, the, the second in charge, uh, you know, he kept, uh, he asked me, what, was, what is Generation Rescue? What do they do? And I told him. And I showed him an episode, and he says, look, honestly, man, every time I go back there, uh, he asks me where I'm at and what, what I've just filmed, and, and he wants an, uh, the entire episode when it's finished. Um, up here at Spotlight, you know, I had a grant for two grand to get $2,000 worth of material from Spotlight. It took the, the manager up here, who's a woman, took her two and a half hours to cut all the material. So in two and a half hours, I was just kept putting all the material on the table and, 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 and obviously she had asked what I was doing. I told her, I shared her an episode and, uh, uh, and she's going to get an episode when we're finished as well. And I had two and a half hour conversation about, you know, what we're doing and how we're doing and what the material, what this material is used for, what that material is going to be used for. This is, as you go, this is beautiful feet 
you know what, just as you live in your life, friends, I encourage you, it's, it's, it makes life worth living. When it's not about you and yours. And we all live that way because that's the essential, you know, that's the negative part of us, you know what I mean? That's the earthly part of it. But if you're led by the Spirit, He will lead you on a journey that will be way more exciting. And we're kind of like up for time now, so I'm probably not going to finish the rest of this, but just let me give you, it says here, uh, how can anybody uh, hear and believe unless someone is sent? Unless someone is sent. Friends, you know what? I just want to let you know that you are sent. We are the sent ones. You are not sent by a man. You are not sent by yourself. When the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, you were authorized by God. Now Jesus was challenged by the religious people by saying, by what authority do you do these things? And I want to say, that's what the sent means, by what authority. Who has sent you? Whose authority? And friends, this morning when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you come in the authority of heaven. You come under the authority and the anointing. That's what Jesus said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. He has enabled me. He has has given me the authority to go and proclaim good news. And friends, we are the sent ones. You've been given authority under the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't need someone to say, could you, would you, please, can you do this? You know, we got this program, okay, so we all need to feel bad enough that we all go and, and go overseas or do whatever, friends. No, you, you, you walk under the authority of heaven. That's whose authority you walk in. You are a sent one. There was a man sent by God. His name was John. And in the same mode that John was chosen and picked and, and, and he had his job to do, it's the same as you and I have been chosen and called and picked to be the sent ones of heaven. And then it says here that uh, if no one goes, this is different to being sent. But who will go? Who will go? Jesus said, go into all the world. Friends, you need to understand that where you live is where God has, has put you. That's your going. But it doesn't stop there. You know, like I said, I've been going all around Brown's Plains, making friends, talking, talking, talking. Because God wants to increase your influence. He wants to increase it to your neighbours, to the, the, the person down the road at the shops. You know, don't look for the best bargains, friends. Stop looking for where the cheapest, whatever, whatever, whatever. But start to find places that you can go. Go. Just strategically go. It's not so random sometimes. It's... I'm choosing God. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start having influence in this place here. I'm gonna go there. The Kaiser Craft Place. <laughs> Hang out at all the craft places. <laughs> I've showed them a couple of episodes up there as well, and uh, they're gonna get some as well when we finish because they know what we've been up to. And so you know, I choose to go somewhere. Choose to keep going back there but go into all the world. You see, when Jesus said to go into all the world, the word world actually means people group. See, there are nations now that have borders. 
that are man-made borders. They're not God borders. But God, God divided the world up into little people groups so then they could be easily reached. God's not asking you to go to the nation of Australia. He's not asking you to go to the nation of America or, or Kazakhstan or wherever it is. God's not asking you to go to a border. He's asking you to go to a people. If you think of a nation, you instantly start to think of in political and religious terms. But if you go to a people group, God will give you a heart for this people group. And this morning, we're going to stand up in this place in a second. And I want God just to put people groups on your heart. People groups. It might be children. It might be the elderly. It might be... There are so many diverse people groups. But God will equip you and has equipped you to reach a people group. If we say nations, we just... As if I can make a difference. But God's not asking you to change a nation. He's asking you to change a people group. And he may actually choose the people group, someone who's the opposite to you. Yeah. And finally, this morning, why don't we stand to our feet? Hallelujah. He says, a tell. Tell them, tell them, tell them. In the speaking, in the proclaiming of the gospel, in whatever way, but friends, it's simply, you are the equipment of God. You know, uh, you know, the eye blaze film is one thing, but you know, it still, it still doesn't take away the person. God uses, God anoints a person telling. God wants you to tell people. Tell people the good news. Tell them, tell them. And you know, might be thinking, well, how do I do that? But friends, you know, the worst thing we could do is to turn us into Jehovah's Witnesses and for me to tell you how to say something. And then if they say this, well, then you say that. And I say this and you say that. You know, you know why? Because you go into your head and you start to argue with people. This is what Jesus said. He says, you know, when you are brought before the councils, when you stand before the people, I'll give you the words to say. Don't even prepare it beforehand. <laughs> so if you're thinking, I don't know what to say, hey, exactly what the, exactly the way it's meant to be. I, I, I have never done an evangelism course. Well, maybe it's probably best you don't. Just go. And the Holy Spirit will give you what you need to say. Why don't we just lift our hands up this morning in this place? Because the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. Because every single person in this room is a part of the answer to what's happening in the world today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Friends, I want to tell you something. Every time that I get filled with the Holy Spirit, He begins to speak to me about what He wants me to do on the planet before I die. Sometimes it's about what He wants me to do today. Sometimes it's this week. Sometimes it's this year. Sometimes He's told me things I've got to do till the day that I die. But it comes, I tell you where every single time it's come is when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes I, I, I get unfilled with the Holy Spirit and I start to panic and start to deviate and start to get distracted. And it's when I go back into my closet, when I go back into my into that place where I'm, I receive the impression filling and of the Holy Spirit, faith comes back again and life comes back again and dreams come back again. And, 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 and God begins to move my life forward under the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. But let me tell you, as your hands are raised, you know, the nominal church is shrinking around the world. 
those that have tried to do this in their own strength have very little fruit. Missionaries come back, lives destroyed, not much fruit. But those that are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Pentecostal, the charismatic, the the, the, the people that are filled with the Holy there is a movement that is sweeping across the planet. This thing cannot be put out. The, the wildfire of the Holy Spirit cannot be put out, friends. Do not do this in your own strength. Stay filled with the Holy Spirit, friends. Stay filled with the Holy Spirit and then do all the radical things He puts in your heart to do. Hallelujah. You're going to need a lot of faith and you're going to need a lot of encouragement. You're going to need a lot of all kinds of things. You're going to have to get smart and not dumb. There's a lot of things you've got to do, but friends, it starts and it finishes with people that are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, friends. Hallelujah. This morning, I want you to lift your hands and I pray that you this morning would receive the fire of the Holy Spirit. It takes the fire of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. To change the world, friends. Friends, the fire was given so the church could change and fill all of Jerusalem. And then it filled all of Judea. And then it filled the entire world. Hallelujah, friends. It's the fire. People filled with the fire of God, friends. It's only the fire of the Holy Spirit that that, that gets you up in the nighttime, that causes you to pack your bag and go somewhere you weren't thinking about. It causes you to step out of your comfort zone and talk to someone about the love of God. It's the fire of God that stirs you when you let go of who you are. You let go of what you have. You let go of all your ideas. You let go of your own self-esteem and all that kind of thing. And you step out. Hallelujah. And you are used by God. Hallelujah, friends. Unless you want to be a fool for Jesus. Hallelujah. You'll stay within the ranks of the unfruitful. But if you're happy to be filled with the fire and be a fool for Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a good, exciting life ahead.